You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the Answers That Work broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. How are you doing? I'm so glad to have you with us that we're going to have a great time in the Word of God today because the Word is the answer. I'm in my leadership edition of the How to Win, and we are going to conclude a portion of our leadership blueprint on the people puzzle. That people piece is so very important in the area of leadership because we lead people. We oversee projects and and we execute and strategize over goals, but we lead people. The theme of this uh, portion or this series is attracting, developing, and empowering uh, people. This is our fourth and final lesson. Each one of these lessons, we have a subtopic, and our subtopic today is creating a climate of want to. Creating a climate of want to. We're going to be talking about motivation. And one of the greatest motivators in Scripture is Nehemiah. He went into a city and motivated people to rebuild a wall and completed the project in 52 days. In Nehemiah chapter chapter 2, verse 18, the latter part of the verse, here's how the people responded as a result of Nehemiah's motivation. So they said, Nehemiah 2, 18, the latter part, the B part of the verse, so they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Classic example of excellent motivation. Here in this situation, we have a city in ruin, a people who are complacent and in survival mode, a rebuilding project that had been neglected for some 90 years, and the challenge was motivating people to want to do the hard work of rebuilding a wall approximately 4.5 miles in circumference around the city. A major 
project a major motivation task. Major motivational task, major. So what is motivation? And we're talking from a leadership perspective. What is motivation? I, I just have one definition that I think just is really powerful. Motivation is the ability to get people to do what God wants them to do when God wants it done because the people want to do it. Wow. Did you hear that? Now, let's let's look at that. Let's slow down. Let's look at that. Motivation is the ability to get people to do what God wants them to do when God wants it done and because the people want to do it. The people want to do it. Now, let's talk. We're talking about motivation, creating a climate of want to, but let's look on the negative side. What does not work? Let's talk. I'm talking to you now, Lita. What does not work? What or we could put it like this, what will move people only for a short period of time or what will demotivate people? I have three things that will not work. Fear, number one, fear will not work. Fear is people not working to achieve something but to avoid something. Now listen at that. Fear is people not working to achieve something. They're not working. When, when fear is the motivation, they are not working to achieve something. They're working to avoid something. Even if people are motivated by fear, eventually it will run its course. People cannot maintain engagement when they are motivated by fear. Every person in history that has used fear to motivate people eventually fail. Eventually, their leadership came to an end. Secondly, what will not work? Motive, manipulation will not work. Manipulation is persuading others to take action that is primarily for your benefit. Those who use manipulation often use clever tactics, persuasion, or deception. And when you're leading people and you're trying to get them to do something, motivate them to do something, but it is primarily for your benefit, then God is not involved in it. It is a selfish and or ego-driven assignment. Manipulation won't work. Thirdly, give and take back won't work. It won't motivate people. In fact, it demotivates people. Give and take back is assigning responsibility to someone 
and then turn around and tell them how to do the job. You gave them the responsibility and then you turn around and you tell them how to do it and you have your hands over everything, then that is demotivating. It will not work. Now, understanding motivation, it really we need to understand the root of the word. To understand effective motivation, we need to understand the root of the word motivation, and that is motive, motive. And the word motive means a reason for action. Why we do something, why we don't do something. So to be great at motivating people, we have to be a student of human nature and uncover why individuals do what they do. Once we understand why individuals do what they do, because we're a student of human nature, then it's our job to create an environment that will influence positive responses. So we have to understand something about human nature. We have to understand why people do what they do. We have to understand why people don't do what they do. Sometimes leaders say, well, our people are not motivated. They're just not motivated. And we put all the blame and shift the blame on the people. Maybe they are not motivated because you don't understand motivation. You don't understand human nature. Maybe you're not a student of human nature. Maybe you've not uncovered the reason why people do things and the reason why they don't do things. Maybe you just took it for granted that once you give these assignments, everybody would just go about to do it. And maybe you've ignored your role as a leader in influencing the behaviors of others. I didn't say make them do it. I didn't say fear tactics. I didn't say manipulation. But I think that if we're a student of human nature and we understand why people do things or don't do things, then, I, then we have the capacity now through that knowledge to create environments that will influence positive responses. No, we can't make people do anything, but we can create environments that's conducive for people uh, enjoying the work, being engaged in the work. Proverbs 25 in the New American Bible, the revised edition says, the intention of the human heart is deep water but the intelligent draw it forth. The intention of the human heart, why people do what they do, why they don't do a thing, is deep waters, the scripture says, but the intelligent, the wise, will draw 
out the reasons and create environments that will make it easy for people to work and to do or what we're trying to do and accomplish it. I read somewhere that the average person works at less than 50% capacity. I read this, that the average person works at less than 50% capacity. Here's a beautiful thing though. Great leaders draw out the additional capacity. Great leaders talking about creating a climate of want to talking about motivation. So the rest of the way, let's talk about the kinds of things that will incite action and create motivation as a leader. Because one thing that I've learned about leadership is that it must be intentional, intentional. I also learned this years ago, and I braced this principle, that successful people live life on purpose. If you're going to lead people, you have to be a student of human nature. You have to study people. You have to ask the Holy Spirit questions. Why do people do what they do? Why do people not do? In fact, you can make it even more personal. Holy Spirit, why am I struggling creating the want to? Now, I know that there must be some intrinsic want to. You have to have some intrinsic want to some intrinsic desire, and you can't make people want to. But I do think that you you can create climates where they will want to do a thing, and I think you have to start asking the Holy Spirit, okay, if the people under you are not motivated, rather than just blaming them and calling them lazy and unfaithful and things like this, why not ask the Holy Spirit? Why not ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what is going on here? Why not asking for solutions? But now we're going to look at some things that people respond to. And this knowledge will, I think, help you to work at creating environments. What do people respond to in general? What do people, and they may not respond to everything I had on my list. You know, I like seven. But what what things do people respond to? Number one, people respond to learning, learning. They respond to learning something new, something valuable to their personal growth or advancement. I love bookstores. I'm always in bookstores because I respond to learning. I want to learn. I want to learn something new. I want to learn something that's valuable to my personal growth, my advance. I want to go forward. So I'm constantly searching for information. So as a leader, you need to know, number one, that people respond to learning. 
How can you as a leader create some learning opportunities for your followers? It may be through uh, uh, assignments that stretch them mentally. It may be through bringing people in to give information. It may be through workshops. It may be to online courses. But people respond to learning. Number two, people respond to energy. They respond to passion. An environment of, of energy and uh, uh, passion where people are enthusiastic about the work. An environment where people have positive attitudes. People uh, are committed to their work, committed to helping others. People who have a desire to get things done. People respond to energy. You say, well, I don't see any energy in my team or my staff. Well, you project it. You be a role model of energy because energy and passion is contagious. People respond to energy. Thirdly, people respond to challenges. Giving people job assignments that make them stretch. Things that they have not done. The more challenged people are, the more engaged they will be. Building that wall was very challenging. It was it was really challenging. When I, I pastored, um, we built our congregation was given an assignment by God, a God-given vision to build a 3,000-seat dome sanctuary and to do it debt-free. That was challenging. But people respond to, to challenge. They, the people, the congregation responded to that. It's something we had never done. It was stretching us. We had to stretch our faith. It eventually cost $16 million, and we built it debt-free by the grace and the power of God and good people. But it was challenging. It challenged us spiritually. It challenged us emotionally. It challenged us to believe God. We had never had that uh, much money to come through our tithes and offerings, which is our way to support God's work and to bless people. We believe that's God's way, tithes and free will offerings, but it challenged us. People respond to challenge. People respond to example, being a role model of who being a role model of what you expect of others, being a role model of a caring, a role model of giving, a role model of character. People respond to example. They really do. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, Paul says, I'm going to be an example. 
he wasn't literally saying to follow his personality and follow his attitude and all that. No, no. He was saying, I am going to be a role model for Christ. I am going to embrace the values, the nature, the word of God, and I am going to live it out. And I want you to follow me as I follow Christ because people respond to example. In fact, I pastored for 40 some years and, and really think about that. Why does God need pastors? Why can't God just speak to people? They have the Holy Spirit. Why can't he just guide them without pastors? Because people need temporary role models. They really do. They really need that. That's why the Bible instructs the pastor to be an example. In fact, that's the only thing God spoke to me about pastoring. The major thing he spoke, he said, a pastor is an example to the flock. Why? Because people respond to example. They're motivated by a good example. Number five, people are motivated by the climate, an inspiring climate. Let's break that down. I'll unpack that for you. Climate. People are motivated by the climate. If people are not motivated in your church or your business or your nonprofit or your for-profit, if they're not motivated in your family, whatever environment, is, if they're not motivated, you need to look at the climate. Is it an inspiring climate? What do you mean by inspiring climate? In the workplace, if employees are not motivated, is there a climate of clarity? Clarity. Do people know what their roles are? Are they clear about their roles and their responsibilities and how they contribute? Are they clear about what they're supposed to do? Because it's hard to be motivated when you don't know what your role is. You don't know what you're expected to contribute. You, you don't know what value you're bringing. Clarity organizational structure, is it organized? Is there an arranged hierarchy? Do people know who to report to? Do people know who's in charge of what? Who has the decision-making rights in certain areas? Comp is the company arranged in hierarchy? Levels, tiers, do people know the roles, the responsibilities, the reporting, the decision-making? Is there structure? Or is everybody just crossing over in everybody's position? Everybody is trying to do stuff that they are not even responsible for intruding over trying to call shots in someone else's department is their organizational structure. If you don't have any structure, people are going to be demotivated. Are there flexible processes? In other words, are there 
processes or procedures in place that are flexible. You can change the methods and the actions shift based on external, internal, or internal factors. You see, when the, the pandemic hit in 2020, uh, 21, 19, begin the end of 19, it was important to have flexible processes because there was a change in the environment. And sometimes there's a change internally, a change externally, and you have to have processes or procedures or methods that are flexible. Empowerment, we talked about that in our, our last episode. Are people trusted with authority and responsibility? Training. Is there training in place to increase the knowledge and the skills of the employees and the volunteers? Communication. Is there communication up and down and across? An inspiring envi uh, environment has accountability. Are people taking responsibility, are people held responsible? We're talking about an inspired climate, an inspired environment. Fun, is there humor, is there laughter, is there enjoyment, is there lighthearted pleasure, or is everything a grind? Is everything serious, no fun, no laughter, no, no lightheartedness? Well, people are not going to be in uh, motivated in that environment. Are you very stern as a leader? Is everything serious with you? Do you look mad all the time? Well, people are going to be demotivated in that climate, in that environment. Number six, we're talking about things that people respond to. They respond to interests, things that they're interested in. They respond to rewards, interests slash rewards. People respond to some promise of gain, some money. They want to do better. They want promotion. People respond to things they enjoy doing. Do you ever think about that? Do you think about trying to create things where the people enjoy what they're doing? They respond to incentive programs, prizes. They respond to kind words, smiles. They respond when you celebrate a win or achievement. You wanted to build that wing on the building you wanted to expand the children's church. You expanded. Do you celebrate that? Do you have a party? People respond to those kinds of things. And then number seven, people respond to values. They respond to the things that they hold dear, their beliefs, things that are valuable to them. People respond to connections, 
connections. Most people want to be connected. Are you creating an environment where people can kind of connect? People respond to family. Are you concerned about the people's family? Do you care about their families? When they have issues in their family, do you as a leader care? Do you care about people's time? If you said that it was going to be two hours, do you respect people's time? These are things that people care about. I want you to go back and, and, and I want you to listen to this episode because many times as leaders, we don't see our responsibility in creating atmospheres and climates and environments where people will want to. Now, this, this concludes this time of sharing. We've talked in our, our leadership. We've talked about vision. We've talked first about purpose. We've talked about vision. We've talked about values. We've talked about strategy. We've talked about execution. And we uh, concluded uh, to the, today's episode talking about people. Our very next and final component of this leadership blueprint is accountability. The book stops here. I trust that you're enjoying this leadership journey. I am enjoying the time that we're spending together. I pray that you be blessed by uh, these episodes, and I pray that you grow in your leadership I pray that you you actually reach and achieve your dreams, and I pray that you be instrumental in developing others so that they can grow and mature and lead on a higher level. Well, this concludes this lesson today. I love you. I pray that you have a wonderful rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. <music>